0: On episode 23 of Magnificent, it's Future Day, and all, or at least some, expectations were wrong. I'm Ian Fuchs, and this week I'm joined by a very special guest, longtime friend, user experience research slash grad student, uh, Mr. Chase Musil. Hello, Ian. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. It's a, a longtime friendship. What, since like, what, second grade? Something like that. I, I you know, say... I can exploit
1: our social capital to have you let me talk with you for a little bit. That's right.
0: Yeah, like, oh, well, I've known him forever, so I get to be on the show. No, uh, <laughs> you are uh, very much into technology in in many facets of of the world, and have been for a long time. It's true. Yes. And uh, so, so, tell us about yourself what you what you do, what your expertise is, whatever you care to share with our fantastic listeners.
1: Oh, boy. Well, I don't think I would claim to have any expertise, but I'm working on it. I promise. I'm trying really hard. Uh, I'm a grad student in the Human-Computer Interaction Program at Iowa State University. So what that essentially means is I get to do fun things with technology, and I can figure out or I attempt to figure out what people like, what they don't like. I get to bring people in for user studies, and the big picture is how can we make you use something that you wouldn't use improve the experiences you, that you already have and help solve some of the problems that you're you know experiencing and this is true of laptops tablets phones simulators and particularly useful combines because all of my research is funded by John Deere so it actually is really cool stuff and it's generally applicable but yeah i do a lot of bringing people in talking with them and figuring out where their problems are so it's been a lot of fun
0: that's that's so much so much to know about it's, it's good times
1: and the best newsian is that uh you can you can be an hci person with any background because it's interdisciplinary so i was biology which is the uh the grandfather of all gateway degrees and because i didn't want to pipette for the rest of my life in a lab i was able to go and find a program that let me play around with toys and simulators and tech so and as you as you well know we have played computer games for years and years uh, one of my earliest memories of cool computer stuff was watching you emulate Pokemon on your desktop. And I was very sad because we couldn't trade Pokemon. <laughs> there,
0: was, there, was, there was no cable to do the thing.
1: Where's the link cable? Where's the link cable on this thing?
0: Some of the emulators have gotten better, you know. Some of them oh. have the link cable now. It's amazing. It's, it's an yeah. Ethernet link cable where you can trade with your friend in China if you'd like. Man, I just need more friends in China and we're good to go. <laughs> oh, they don't have to be in China. No. <laughs> um, I I think actually even before that, I think my memory of playing video games with you was probably Total Annihilation. Oh. Which <laughs> I, I still am of the mindset that that might have been the best, might still be the best real-time strategy war game type thing ever. It's so good. I'm not gonna argue with you. There's
1: nothing quite like amassing a hundred brawlers, flying into (laughs) your enemy's base, and watching their computer die as it crawls frame by frame.
0: That's right. (laughs) No game was better than a game in 20 frames per second. (laughs) Yeah, if we were lucky. Are you kidding me? Get that TNT2 hooked up, baby. It's time for
1: Diablo. (laughs) Sorry.
0: Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so but yes, lots of stuff to uh to go over, and obviously, I mean, that's all throwing back to us as as kids, and also from from us as kids is Back to the Future. Oh man, which actually was pre, it was pre us, pre us a little bit, yeah, but it was still something that I think everyone who was our age, uh, kids born in the late '80s, uh all had the experience of watching and enjoying back to the future. And since today is, is future day, we're recording this on future day. Um, it's so good. It's, it's, it's extra fun to think about things from the past and how things have changed and how things from the past shape things from the future today.
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly, I mean, I wouldn't want to fight with the tomorrow past future day. So (laughs) we'll just go with the future day that we have today.
0: (laughs) That's right. Um, so, uh, I, I guess we'll start there, since since that's the uh, the elephant on the desk, if you will. Um, it's, it's my favorite really. gorilla in the building. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. Uh, you found a link on CNN that mm-hmm. uh, is basically the things from Back to the Future that were right and or wrong, and uh, some of these on here are kind of surprising. Some of them are not so surprising, um, but th- things like big screen TVs large video mon I guess I think of like the large video monitors when he gets when he shows up and he looks up and there's like the big screen and it's yeah. curved and all that. Yeah. And and things like video conferencing. I mean obviously we
1: fly <laughs> You're really
0: with needles, that's great. We've we've totally been there for several years even. Yeah, where video yeah. conferencing's been a thing. Now we're to the point where we're making and taking phone calls, video phone calls on our iphones and android phones if that's what we choose to carry
1: (laughs) no judgment here yeah no judgment here no yeah no it's it's absolutely lumia maybe is that what it is i (laughs) i I mean i don't know (laughs) um yeah no the the video conferencing is definitely is definitely something that's been integral to many people's lives especially anybody who's doing any type of distance collaboration or tech work and uh um, you know, just for reference, here within our lab. So I work within the Virtual Reality Application Center at Iowa State. And there was a student here a couple of years ago whose entire dissertation was based around doing face-to-face real-time video conferencing. So, you know, as you video conference today, there's always this slight gap between where you're looking and where the where your eyes are. And it's it's slightly unsettling, right? And so this student was um exclusively working on making eye contact based video conferencing, and then he added in actually having three D models on top of it. So it'd be you'd be looking at this pane of glass that was back projected to the person's face with a recording device behind it so you could look you know directly through and you had this nice eye to eye contact. And the sentiment that um, that they were going off of of one of my advisors' things he likes to say about video conferencing is I'll be you know he'll be impressed with video conferencing when someone makes a million dollar deal sight un- you unseen know, site unseen. So if you would, you know, shake in some large business negotiation without physically shaking hands, like that'll be the point when we've kind of arrived. Right, so we're working toward it.
0: We're not there yet. There's no, not, I don't think so. There's not million dollar deals being made over Facetime.
1: You know, I assume there probably are, but this the sentiment I'm going to stand by because it feels
0: right to say. So, so that's fair. <laughs> it's uh, if, it, if it uses Facetime, it didn't happen because it's all encrypted, right?
1: That's what it is. That's exactly right. There you go. We all know how secure the iCloud. Okay, I'm not going to make an iCloud joke. I'm sorry. That's it's over a year old.
0: It's <laughs> that was that was social engineering. That's different. <laughs>
1: Which, if you were to ask Facebook now what their social engineers are up to, or um, trust engineers even, they would say, we don't have those anymore, Ian. We just have engineers.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, other, other back to the now, uh, future day, from the past to now things. Uh, hoverboards. Uh, what, what are your people doing about that? Yeah,
1: we'll get right on top of that one as soon as I lace the floor with metal. Um, so there was the there was the hoverboard hoax a couple of years ago that Tony Hawk was in on and oh, yeah. Christopher Lloyd was in on, and people were upset by that. And then they, a company called, named Hover actually came out and made a hoverboard. Now that Tony Hawk has since endorsed and ridden on, and then Lexus actually has like the best working hoverboard to date. So they have some fun promotional videos, which but ties in this nice Toyota history of Back to the Futureness.
0: But it's it's not a. A consumer available thing it's, right now no it's not you're right you, I I can't help but think that the uh those little mini balance scooter things the little <laughs> two-wheel drift things yeah I, I have a feeling for the next for the foreseeable future that's probably as close to hoverboard as we're going to get that's exactly right is is a wheeled board that you can now stand on and go from the living room to the kitchen on that's not a segway they're super handy. You can go slightly faster than walking on them, so all sorts of benefits. Really? <laughs> Maybe a brisk walk. You're, yeah, you're, you're getting you're getting passed now by the walkers if they're Who's moving too the, quick.
1: Exactly. Your your grandmother in a speed suit would not put you to shame anymore.
0: <laughs> Perfect. That's fantastic to know. I I might have to invest in one next time I go visit grandma. P- please do. <laughs> um news drones just like drones with cameras is that what you're is that what this is referencing
1: yes that's i I believe so so i mean they're they're around right but are we actually consuming anything from them i don't think so
0: i i I don't even really remember drones in back to the future and i i clearly i should have i should have watched the movie today (laughs) and instead <laughs> the of the marathon
1: doesn't start till tonight, so you're okay.
0: That's true. Um, but yeah, I should have watched that because I don't remember. I don't really remember drones other than maybe him ducking under something that flew by. I don't really know. Yeah, you're right. Um, that's exactly right. But I, I do know there. are, if, if it's just from a video capture perspective, I know there are TV shows now that are using drones. I mean, watch anything on HGTV that's produced in the last year. Yeah. Not, not that I would do that, but. <laughs> no me. Uh, I know that there's several things where it's like, oh, you can tell somebody in this crew got their hands on a GoPro and a drone yeah. because the overuse of the drone shots. So
1: You know, that's exactly right. And don't go, if you, are, if you uh, happen to be real estate shopping at all and looking for homes, you're like, wow, somebody just got a brand new drone. This is a fantastic aerial view, but I just want to see the bathroom. <laughs> but yeah, Isn't and then the news drones, sorry, the news drones, they're the things that are flying around the courthouse as um old old young biff is <laughs> is being arrested, oh, okay, yeah, so anyway, we don't have those though, but we have drums,
0: yeah um hands free video games, oh man, is it we this do. is this is the uh he puts on the thing and it's basically the oculus, right yep, yeah, and this is your this is totally your area of of expertise. I don't know a lot about these these virtual reality headsets other than I think. I think they are a gimmick. Like I think 3d TV is a gimmick. Yep. I, okay. I can't get on board with something that I have to put on my face.
1: Sure. Okay. So, uh, so if you want to talk about HMDs real briefly, right. Um, 3d, I will absolutely agree with you that 3d TV is a gimmick because I am not going to wear sunglasses in my living room. Like you can't convince me I'm not nearly cool enough to be Johnny cash, nor do I have the money to be put replaceable batteries in these shutter glasses every two weeks. um, Secondly,
0: they don't charge over mini USB or micro
1: USB. Man, I hope so. I guess I don't know how the new ones are. I don't know either. not hip anymore. Dang it. Yeah. The ones we use here are battery operated though. So apparently we're just old. Um, (laughs) But HMDs, um, I'm quite excited actually to see where this goes. And so being from the virtual reality application center, I have a a slight obligation to defend the side of VR. That's fair. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's having a renaissance, right? And there's no way to doubt, no way to, uh, you know, argue that. But the things that make an HMD usable, which would be the social interaction and things that you could actually, like, do with them as opposed to, like, put on the, as opposed to putting on the HMD and saying, this is cool, and then take it off. You actually want to, what can I do in my daily life that makes this a useful piece of technology? And we're getting there. And we saw that with, um, with some of Facebook's new Oculus demos that they showed up with the Samsung Gear or Gear, not the watch, the whatever the Samsung variant of the um, Rift is. But um, they showed how two people sitting next to each other, either physically or, you know, being co-located, would be able to look at each other and see some type of avatar face-to-face and then interact with their hands, having some type of, you know, having their gesture tracking hand, like Wiimote-style items. And that interaction apparently looked pretty good. The, to date, yeah, Gear VR, yeah, the Samsung Gear VR, um to date, thank you <laughs> um to date, the best like remote social experience I've had outside of video conferencing, which is pretty good, right is actually playing Xbox one and it's snapping Skype, so in the snap is there is um the Microsoft term for aligning one of your applications to run part frame while your main application runs majority right. frame it's,
0: it's the split screen like thirty seventy thing exactly yeah. right, and if you were to um if you
1: snap skype and so that way you you would have your visual of your friend on the right hand column and your main screen as a letterbox, you know the 70 percent area you can play a video game together so actually playing halo together with a friend is very very good in the sense that we're playing something cool happens we can look at each other make eye contact and give virtual high fives it's it's almost being able you know to like you know hit hit a friend on the shoulder and be like that was awesome but it's still better than just audio only but as far as the, you know, HMDs go, I think we're getting there. And what, what Facebook showed recently is sort of in a step in the right direction.
0: Wow. HMD, Sorry. head-mounted display? That's correct, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. was like, you use the abbreviation, I'm going to take a shot in the dark here. There it is. It, Thank it, you. It, it seemed fitting, so... um, <laughs>
1: No, yeah, that's absolutely right. And if and you know what, to, this is to anybody who's interested. If you ever want to get sick in uh, wearing an HMD, feel free to throw one on and force yourself to ride the Rift coaster, which is a great little demo. Be on there for fifteen minutes; you'll be uneasy. If you're not throwing up, you'll at least feel a little bit, which is pretty cool.
0: And I, I guess for me, like I don't feel like I feel like virtual reality will ever be to a well. I shouldn't say ever. I don't think it is ever going to be to a comfortable point where it's like. The like flight sims mm. is that, like to me, that is like the ultimate virtual reality, like you're in a thing which moves and rumbles and spins and turns and it it physically has a gyroscopic engine around it or whatever you whatever you consider that sure, and you sit inside of it, but then you you're surrounded by display, so you're physically in an environment that is created around you, and I think the part of virtual reality that doesn't work for me is the part where you don't actually physically experience, like other than the motion sickness that you get, you know, feeling like you're on a roller coaster. The fact that you're not physically experiencing the environment, yeah, with your it's 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 very much a visual and possibly audio or auditory experience yeah. that you that you're missing some other senses that are there.
1: Don't don't forget that sweet olfactory, because you got to pump those crisp <laughs> alpine smells as you ski down your virtual slope. Exactly.
0: Right? it's there's nothing like smelling snow as you crash into the tree
1: yeah that's what it is oh man um i mean so what you're hinting at is this nice is this nice concept of immersion and presence and these are the concepts in which vr are built on to help build a better experience um you can feel present In a book, right, like you are within the universe, you can feel wholly within it, you're present, you're there, you know, you can see the characters, you can hear their voices, you want to capture that type of feeling within a VR, but you also want to be immersed. And so immersion is sort of the, that's the stimuli coming at you. So you want... High fidelity graphics and the air actually, blowing
0: across your body
1: as you <laughs> that's right, as as you rip your shirt off and and follow what's Kelly Slater. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well, I, was,
0: I was just thinking the skiing down the hill, you feel the air better. hitting you, but that works too. Or just the freezing cold temperature. I mean, yeah, I suppose you go stand outside in Alaska and put one of these headsets on. It's probably like skiing down a hill, but
1: <laughs> the best experience to be had is to travel 500 miles north. No,
0: um, yeah, <laughs> you can no, just so go the, skiing. How about that?
1: <laughs> exactly. You want to well, feel like don't you're say skiing? That.
0: You want to feel like you're I'm skiing? Go skiing. No. <laughs> you're defeating the purpose. We need to I, keep
1: you in the house. I, I so that way it. we can flash an ad by after you hit the tree. Um, <laughs> no, so immer- Would you like to play again? It's definitely that, <laughs> is that, you know, let's get all your, your senses you know, in, in, engrossed. So as you feel the pitch and the yaw and your, your equilibrium shifts, right? Those are the things that
0: help your immersion and help you increase your level of presence. So, yeah. Anyway. I, I so assume we, that, that's going to require a fancy chair in my so, living room
1: it, yeah i mean you can do that and i actually have a great little device called the butt kicker and it's a haptic feedback device it's a subwoofer without the sound but um it just rumbles right and people so i think there's like 40 cinema you know i'm doing air quotes for yeah, yeah yeah and um they essentially just add like a slight rotation to the seat or even just a rumble feature and that's the fourth yeah. you know the tactile um the haptic
0: feedback oh, you're talking like like the disney 40 theaters exactly where where it, the the dog sneezes and they mist you with a little bit of water and so oh, you have yeah. i think that's the the honey i shrunk the kids 4D thing at, at disney is like that where the dog sneezes and it misses you or they blast air across your ankles as the mice run by and you feel like oh there's mice there and like it doesn't have to be a physical mouse running by your leg to feel like a mouse is there that's you just like have to have some type of stimulus that goes along with the thing
1: yeah, that's exactly right. You're, yeah, you're you're talking about enough fidelity to make you feel as if it's there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's I I remember that as being the bug's life, um, whatever the thing that particular ride did the the mist, right? And so to they, engage you,
0: they have a whole bunch of them. actually, uh, yeah, here in Chicago, the uh, I believe the Shed Aquarium has a a four D experience <laughs> where like a whale jumps or something, and when it comes and splashes down on the water, they mist you with some water and. Mm -hmm. the seats rumble so i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's not a new thing but it's very much a theater setting thing not something that you're probably going to have in your in your man cave or your your living room you're not going to replace your fancy couch with this yeah exactly (laughs) vibrating seat (laughs) (laughs) no honey i get to sit on the left side
1: okay it's i it's my turn to be (laughs) spider-man Well, that's a lie. I wouldn't see that. Not until the reboot. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, yeah, getting all these immersion-based factors and getting people to use this technology to, you're uh, getting it to the point where people would use it in a daily setting. That's what we need. It's not there yet, but it, it's getting there.
0: So, so to circle all the way back, hands <laughs> hands-free video gaming experience. Yes, it's there. Um, I, I think to the Back to the Future standpoint, it's there. Yeah, but I yeah, think yeah. I think to to really catch on as a true mass market experience there might be a little bit more to go. Yeah, we're not there yet. That's for sure. Um fashion and and I I hesitate to even discuss this with you because if, from what I recall you were the guy wearing polo shirts, purple gym shorts, and sandals with socks. Now, I know you've matured a little bit since then, but I believe there was a long, we're talking years of that, so. I
1: have a, <laughs> I have a proud legacy, Ian. <laughs> you and do have a proud legacy. Attempt to tarnish as you will. I'm proud of who I am today. I'm a product of my advice. No, um, yeah. I, I don't think I could talk about very much fashion with you, but I can tell you, I now wear Merrells, and they're comfortable, so that's a thing.
0: Did they? Are, they, are those the sandals with the socks built right in? <laughs>
1: That's exactly what they are. <laughs>
0: how did you know? It's, I I feel like that's something I, that if it doesn't exist, actually needs to exist. It's, it's just you pull it on like a sock, but it's got a shoe. I think those are called slippers, actually. Now that I think about it, I think those are just slippers. <laughs> oh man! Um, no fashion, fashion in the aspects of how it was in Back to the Future Two today. Uh, things like the the auto lacing sneakers, uh, I believe did, Nike made. They're coming out this year, yeah.
1: And, and they had a prototype pair like three years ago, I think they made the
0: news. And but, there's also another type of it's not Velcro, but it's not laces, but it's actually designed as an accessibility thing for mm-hmm. people who can't lace their shoes or can't don't don't have the motor skills to Velcro their shoes. That you like just pull this cord, and it somehow laces but it latches some i don't know all the specifics yeah. of it yeah um but that's Makes an sense. element of of fashion that kind of made it yeah
1: um i would i mean if you're the the brief thing i will say that i have looked at with fashion is relative to wearables and i mean we are gonna we can discuss about you know this a little bit later but they are making a fashion impact you know as we've seen with the apple watch with their interchangeable bands with their designer backings and all this all the all the hoopla whizzy wig, cool stuff that they can do gee whiz wow um yeah wig. yeah i don't know
0: <laughs> um i yeah. suppose you get a whizzy at watch face builder right something yeah probably what you see is what you get you push the thing and you scroll the thing and now it, oh that now look at that now it says the temperature on the face of the watch how oh,
1: fancy thanks, thanks a lot windows for ruining us <laughs> You're gooey. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I think that fashion has, you know, seen this nice resurgence in tech and well resurgence, I don't know if it ever was, but you know, at least uh you know, a, a at least an emerging of tech. And there's people here I have a friend that's working on a um a, a technology based survey that will help you define whether or not your wearable is socially acceptable, which is a really interesting concept, right? Because we had the uh the you know, the Google Glass punch you in the face incidents, right, where that was happening and then there's now we have the sort of the the antithesis of that with the google watch being very cool and you know high so
0: yeah i don't know so i I feel like this this survey should question number one is are you wearing google glass (laughs) if yes just jumps you right to the end not socially acceptable let me just put that out there and we're gonna get to that I, i think that's what you're talking about down a couple topics here yeah um but Yes, I, I I agree the the wearable thing. uh I don't know. Yeah, I I, I look at my Apple Watch and uh, th- there's a podcast out there called Hello Internet, which uh, for those not familiar, it's probably the most famous podcast in the world. I kid you not, like next to uh, This American Life and Serial, it's up there. It's it's a guy fr- who originally from the U.S. now lives in London and another guy from the U.K. and they basically just talk about all kinds of things in life mm. and they talk about when you look at the Apple watch when it's not lit up and the cold dead face of it and how there's like no personality like I completely get that and I look at it sometimes and I'm like is this really fashionable because right now it I have this futuristic plastic band on it because I have the sport model but at the same time like I look at some of the watches other people are wearing and it's probably more fashionable than that and you look at some of the other wearables that are out there and Mm -hmm. you know it stretches a whole range you can you can get a really fancy watch that's an Apple watch. I mean, you can spend a lot of money. You can spend $17,000 and get one that comes with a leather band and looks real and fancy. You can spend $1,500 and get the Hermes leather band thing. You that's can spend wild. $400 and you can get the one that I got. <laughs> and it, it looks kind of futuristic. So,
1: No, I mean, it's what it's whatever makes you happy, man. I,
0: I guess. I <laughs> it, Coming from a guy who wears a paracord bracelet just because he does and not because he's ever afraid he's going to get trapped in the wilderness and need eight feet of paracord. Uh, because- <laughs> Don't worry,
1: people drive SUVs on the highway, Ian, so
0: we're good. That's <laughs> <it's> true. <laughs> or pickup trucks not on the farm. Yeah, boy. I mean, what? A, why Why else would you need one? <laughs> a For me, it's a, it's a functional thing, not a fashionable thing. But I guess it counts as fashion, so... Uh, Back to the Future kind of, sort of, maybe almost got close, but at the same time, I I don't see us all wearing the yeah. space jacket things of Marty McFly or the two ties. Um, other things, the last <laughs> thing I guess, since we kind of touched on Google Google Glass and the video glasses thing, Uh yes, we do have the technology. Yes, it's there. Uh, I don't remember Google Glass in Back to the Future, but no. that's all right. Um, the but we
1: don't we can't know what was on the inside of
0: Doc's. <laughs> That's
1: right. 100% opaque glasses. <laughs> That's
0: true. Um, and the uh, the the last point this the CNN article makes is the the possible World Series contenders uh, or World Series champ, champions possibly even this year. I mean, we'll see. Uh, it's it's not looking promising as of the time of recording this, but that doesn't mean things couldn't change. Uh, but the Chicago Cubs making it to the World Series. Uh, and winning the world series was predicted in back to the future too. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously somebody, if, if they do win, there's going to be a lot of questions about who had their hands on the sports almanac.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um,
0: and went, went back in time, recorded a movie and said, well, I'm going to make this prediction and everybody's going to think it's a joke, but then they're going to win. Um, uh, but no, as, as of recording this, uh, they have not started game four and they're zero and three to the Mets. So mm, while they made it to the playoffs, uh, I'm not going to say that it's looking real promising. So, uh
1: too kind, too kind to the Cubbies. That's
0: right. <laughs> I, you got to support your local team, I guess, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. That's why I root for the Iowa Cubs, Ian. Yeah. That,
0: <laughs> don't we just take their their players when we need somebody? Don't we just I bring them over? So. I think that's I how that works. So. Yeah. Um. So, really quick, uh, because Apple released new input devices, and this is done with future day stuff and moving on. Um Apple released new input devices a week and a half ago, roughly. Um a new Magic Keyboard, new Magic Mouse 2, uh new Magic Trackpad 2 with force touch. Uh the keyboard is basically the same keyboard they had before with less of an angle and charges over lightning instead of the replaceable batteries. Fantastic. And there's a little less key travel, so you don't have to push the keys down as far. Um for 100 bucks, it seems like a little bit steep for a Bluetooth keyboard, considering that the one that I got on Amazon for 25 uh feels great. Uh, <laughs> and charges over micro-USB, which is still not replaceable batteries, so mm. I'm, I'm down with that. The Magic Mouse 2 is the same Magic Mouse with slightly different pads on the bottom. Charges over lightning instead of the batteries. Great, yeah. fancy. If you like the Magic Mouse, the Magic Mouse 2, I guess, is a great evolution. The new trackpad... Uh, is very different from the old trackpad It's 3D tire force touch, uh, charges over lightning again, less of an angle. I tried that in store, hated it. Uh, hmm. But with that, I want to ask what input devices you use, because I know you're not using a Mac unless, some, unless something drastic has changed in the last year or so. No, uh,
1: <laughs> No, I'm not using a Mac. I did use a MacBook Pro, though, for a little bit, to be fair. And in my lab, so I run the UX lab here, and we have Macs there. And I actually have, I was looking up the models of these, I have the whatever previous incarnations of these
0: magic whatevers are mm-hmm. because I have the rechargeable batteries and
1: You have to change that. them
0: and that whole fiasco, yeah. and batteries ran out, got to swap them out.
1: Yeah, apparently we don't use, my, use the lab enough because I don't change them very
0: often. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty surprising how much use, you know, they, they always give these, these numbers about battery life on devices. I, the, the trackpad I'm using, I think I've had the same batteries in for like a year.
1: Okay, that's pretty good. But
0: it wasn't until like a week ago, two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. uh, that I started using it because I I use a MacBook Pro for work, so it has a trackpad built in, so I didn't need this other trackpad. Well, now I've been docking my Mac a little higher so that it sits nicer, so it's more visual, and using Mm -hmm. the keyboard now, so I've been using it more. Um, But in that year, like I said, I haven't changed the batteries, and it's all based on like two hours of usage a day, how long does it last? So if you're using Uh, it two hours or less... You know your results are going to be probably a lot longer right. than somebody who's using it eight ten hours a day. It's like oh well for eight ten hours a day it might last a month. Well
1: right right right. That's why the EPA rates at fifty five miles an hour nobody gets the miles that their sticker says right. That's right. <laughs> um, of oh, goodness so but as far as input devices go because no I am running a, a Windows machine of my own device. <laughs> um, I've been building my own computers for a while. So um, obviously as we talked about gaming on. Back in the day with TNT twos, and I don't know, whatever, when I had a Pentium 3. Oh man, that was a sweet upgrade so I could play Quake and like 800 by 600. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I've built my own computers for a while, so this is just another computer I built in the last couple of years. So I'm running Windows 10. Um, I've got like a six core um, AMD, and I don't know, some I don't know, Yeah, Pansy two stuff. year old GPU. I, yeah, whatever, it works. But yeah, I use a split keyboard, and I won't ever use anything else because I am a. Stubborn old man. Apparently, with a few items in my life, and that's one of them. I love the split keyboard. If ergonomically, it fits me really well. Um, and then I have this pretty generic five-button mouse, laser mouse that's wired. I don't know. It's just it. It's a nice feel. So, pretty generic stuff.
0: And are, are you uh at home? Are you a laptop? You're not a You're a desktop guy at home. I'm a too, desktop right? person. Yeah, yeah. And, and at home, do you use the same? Basically, the same kind of setup. You have a split yep. keyboard because you're an old man, and that's exactly right. You have whatever mouse came with your computer.
1: That, well, that's not true. No, I, I refuse to use at just any old mouse. I, I specifically have, if you go back like 10 years, there's Microsoft made a mouse called the 5-button telemouse, and that's the that's the little jewel that I go after. So we, I, they're like out of stock everywhere, so I ordered a bunch of them years ago.
0: <laughs> you have like a little stockpile of these mice.
1: Next to my HDMI cables, yeah, exactly, yeah, my go. USB extensions. <laughs> a whole bunch but of yeah.
0: like USB to USB-B for the printers that you used to get. You have a whole stack <laughs> of those.
1: That's exactly right. Oh man, yeah. No, that's that's what I have. I do have a, but I do have a Surface uh, Three, not a Pro, but a Surface Three is my go between for my desktop, so
0: so you're, so you're not a you're not a trackball user, no, that's which right. is good. <laughs> you're not the uh, what's the little stick that sits up in the middle of the keyboard that's on some know. of those?
1: I don't know, but I can't use that thing. Uh, track pointer, I think. Track point.
0: Something, I think I that's what they call me. it. Uh, want... so you you don't use any of those goofy things, but you're also no. not using a touch input no
1: i'm not i i do use the touch input on the surface three though (laughs) so um you know speaking of fantastic microsoft devices you know with this (laughs) slew of new devices that was just been released and to be fair it was relatively exciting as far as a microsoft show goes it was cool and they all seem pumped about it which makes me more pumped about it I'm super biased though. Um, <laughs> so, disclosure: I interned for Microsoft, and I will be taking—I've accepted a position there as a user experience researcher starting next year. So, it's—it's it's fair that I would show them slight have,
0: favor. have a little bit of bias there. Yeah, I try I, not to actually. But I'm actually surprised. I—it's—it's it's one of those things I—I I literally had never thought about until you're just saying this now. Microsoft has pushed the touchscreen on devices. That's right. For. Uh, a couple they, couple of years now yeah. that they've really been pushing that that computers can have have a touch screen whether they're like the iMac style or a laptop or transformer whatever the convertible is that what Two they call them convertibles, yeah yeah that kind of thing or it's the the, the surface the tablets mm-hmm. Apple has gone the other direction they don't put the touch in all the things but they're very much about using a touch surface input in the trackpad whether it's built into the Mac or the external trackpad or even the, the magic mouse has a touch surface on yeah, the that's top right. of it. Yeah. So when people are like, Oh, well, how come you don't do more? How come Apple doesn't do a touch screen? It's like, well, they don't need to because you have touch in- interface over here. Exactly. Um, but the, uh, the keyboard, the split keyboard, that just amazes me. Yeah. I love that thing.
1: I legs down, flush with the flush with the table doesn't
0: doesn't it kind of curve downhill then towards the top so I'm not using a Dvorak
1: weirdo keyboardian. No it's, it's no, it's just the Dvorak's regular. a whole different layout, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is a completely different layout. But, they, but the ones I've seen that my friends were, yeah, I have friends. When you when you work in a CS-style department working on VR apps, you get people who use two bowls that are the size of mixing bowls with keys on the inside laid out in the Dvorak orientation. And one guy, I had he needed to log into my computer. This is a true story. He needed to log into my computer um, so he could access his dev account. And when he did that, he could not type his password on my keyboard. He had to go into the settings, switch the layout to Dvorak because it's muscle memory. It's like okay,
0: so it, like his, oh, because it's it's not like a common word password. It's like I know the characters in a certain order, and my fingers know that order. That's right. Isn't that amazing? That, isn't that a weird? That's such a weird concept of <laughs> typing things and like whether it's passwords or words or anything. Yeah. Like, yep. I have I have words that I can't spell correctly out loud right but i can take my iphone and i can type it right a 100 times over and that's not even a real keyboard that's just like my fingers pressing on glass yeah exactly i know how this i know the order of my thumbs moving to make this word happen
1: that's how yeah exactly i feel that way with the with the t9 texting but i've never comfortably transitioned over to using the tap on glass you know according keyboard i just i my phone sits on my desk and i run pushbullet as my extension pushes it
0: over to your computer
1: i yeah i cannot stand typing on my phone at all costs i will avoid it like i'll go back to my desk to let it pick up so i can type on my keyboard but yes you
0: need to get a mac you can iMessage everywhere i push bullet everywhere so we're good to go but thanks for this
1: he's gonna sell me on this thing no Uh,
0: i've heard rumors that microsoft a couple microsoft developers carry macs is that true so
1: I can't speak for <laughs> just, anyone. You don't I'm, have to tell me. Anything. No, I no. It's true. Um, it's Microsoft is really open. I think you would find the CVS anybody who worked there. Uh, people, there's all phone types and all keep or all computer types. Although it is far and away, you know, a Microsoft or a Windows PC world. There, right? I, there's specific jobs that are better on done on the Mac, right? And well, you've got I, people who go through their entire design process learning everything on Mac or whatever. They're not well, going to
0: It's not like Microsoft isn't making software for, for Mac. Exactly. And they make, yeah, the, they make the whole office suite they make for both Mac and iOS devices. So obviously people have to carry those devices or have those devices. So exactly. You know. It's the
1: opposite, right? Like I, there's, I have people who, uh, friends who like have their iPhones and their favorite apps are all the Microsoft apps. And that's not a knock on, you know, that's not a knock on Apple or any other person who makes third-party apps. It's just the, at the flavor of the month that for these particular people have happen to be outlook for their mail sunrise for their calendar. And Wonderlist or whatever that, you know, that right. the Trello compete is. I use Trello, but um you know those three apps are like their top three apps on their phone and yep. they're all Microsoft.
0: So. Yep. Well I mean I think of my uh my computer. I use Word, I use Excel, I yeah. use Out- I use Outlook for my work email. So Yeah, exactly. It's when when you're surrounded by an a uh, Microsoft environment. <laughs> you, when in Rome. You, <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
1: you know the saying. In other words, when you're socially forced into using something right. and your constraints are so tight that you can't escape, you feel great about rationalizing no. why you use it. Oh, just now
0: now ask me how to set up email on an Android phone. Forget about it.
1: Why do I feel like you wouldn't have any problems with that?
0: <laughs> I it's now that they've rolled it all into Gmail kind of, like yeah. you open the mail app and it pushes it into Gmail, it's a whole goofy thing.
1: Oh, I don't yeah, I'm this is all that's new Android. No problems. Yeah. Oh, it's new Android. Oh, okay. It's like what five five oh, one whatever. or whatever. I don't know. I don't okay. Know. Whatever. Yeah, the Android phone
0: know. that I have in a closet. The <laughs> Nexus Six, if you want it.
1: That makes complete sense. Oh boy. No, I'm good. Actually, my phone. I use an Android, and I uh, um I have a Moto X two or second gen Moto X, and it suits me just fine. It's through Republic Wireless though, because I specifically went with that phone because it's the only one they offer that i that i like of the two they've got the low end moto and the higher end moto so
0: there you go so uh you're talking about microsoft devices That's you right. use a surface 3 i do i i know that microsoft released new devices last week last week a couple weeks ago maybe two weeks ago yeah i know of what the devices were but all i know out of it is that the surface book looks crazy <laughs> it it looks like it looks like something that you would see in a movie projecting the future for 30 years from the 80s. This is what was like, missing in back like, to the future. Like too. if if somebody had been like here's a computer that folds open but it's got this like crazy hinge. <laughs> this is what it would look like. Something like that. The surface book is it. So yeah. you fill me in because you're the uh you're in the know more than I am. Please don't say expert. Please don't say expert. Please don't say yeah.
1: No, I I mean I've I've looked at some of this stuff, right? And I do use the Surface Three. Um I've had ample time with the Surface Three and I've used the Surface Pro 3. Obviously I haven't used the Surface um Surface Pro 4. And they didn't announce a Surface 4, which would be the the um less you know intense version, right? So the Surface 3, which I have is a like it's a mobile processor. I think it's like a you know an Intel Atom or something and four megafram where the Surface Pro is a full-fledged desktop computer. But the Surface Pro Four looks like just another iteration on the Surface Pro. So it's got the soft keyboard, which is the not optional optional keyboard and the multi, uh, multi-positional multi kickstand or the infinitely positional kickstand, I suppose is what it's called. And that's all good and well. Like it just looks like the new Surface Pro. And I, I'm i you know, using one of these. I'm a little ambivalent as to how successful they should be. Clearly there's a market for them. People buy them. But as I'm like, I'm softly touching the like felt-esque case of my Surface right now um i'm talking about you, and i you know like it's it's great to use in some scenarios i but i can't use it on my lap and so as a laptop, which I use laptops on my lap i you know when you're in meetings you're moving around it's very common as i as much as I love my desktops, I probably will end up switching to a single laptop system soon um the surface doesn't do it for me i've seen people who love it just fine, but the kickstand is a for me is a game is a game changing thing in the bad way um it's a just a killer so I would prefer that I have a a sturdy backing like the Surface Book or any other laptop. So that's where the Surface Book shines because they actually have that multi-positional crazy hinge. Um, Apparently, I've not used one or seen one, but the reviews say that it's a little wobbly or flimsy or something. So you get the slight... It reminds me of what those lightweight laptops were 10 years ago if you were to get one. The
0: old plastic netbooks. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. Like you said on your lap and it, the screen wasn't perfectly still. Now, if you have a brand new Dell or Intel or Mac, you know, like a MacBook Pro for years, they're just solid. Right. You set it up and it's pretty solid. Um, I mean, at least mine was. I think mine was a 2012 model. Um, but yeah, the Surface Book apparently has that as a slight problem. But everything else looks to be really nice. The uh, the They fixed the trackpad issue because currently the Surface... Um, if you were to look at a Surface Pro or like my Surface 3, they have a tiny trackpad, and the, the keyboard is nicely spaced, but it's a pretty shallow travel. Apparently, the the Surface Book fixes a lot of that, which puts it much closer to being a, you know, a MacBook Pro compete, where the, the Surface Pro is a, uh, like the Surface Pro 4 in previous iterations where um, the uh, MacBook Air competes, if you will. Sure. Although, I'd say that the MacBook Air is a superior <laughs> layout if you just want a laptop. But... Um, yeah, the Surface Book looks nice. The The things that I'm interested in because I, I'm not a hardware guy, you know, by trade, I'm an enthusiast. But the things that the things that interest me on the on the new Surface stuff is like the Windows Hello integration. So like it uses its biometric authentication, which is what Apple's had for over a year now or a year and a half with uh, a little over a year, whenever the iPhone two, 6 came out uh, two, with five 5S five 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 came out. That's yeah. right so whenever that came out yeah so that's been really impressive and it's worked really well because people have a really low tolerance for failure rates on stuff like that so it's it was a super impressive release on apple's part um to see microsoft put that out now they have they support some th- fingerprint scanning and i think the surface pro 4 has a keyboard variant that has that but the pro surface book doesn't um i assume the next surface book iteration of that will have the the fingerprint deal but the Windows Hello is the face where you know it, it scans your face for biometric authentication, and that is really cool stuff. So that's going down a path where you can get in trouble because no, people no longer need to press you for your password; they can just straight up sci-fi your eye in front of the reader or at the retinal scanner. <laughs> We're there. Chop off a thumb now, we can get into your phone. That's exactly right. Tom Tom Cruise is so happy that the, that the future is showing his his reality that he's had inside for years. Um. Let's not even talk about Minority Report. That's like the number one movie that people ask me about when they come through, the, through our, our research. Center. They're like, this is just like Minority Report, and as their arms flying in 30 directions. And then you ask somebody, hold your arms out in front of your face for, I don't know, 30 seconds. And you watch them get gorilla arms because they get heavy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is why this is not an interaction that's that we why, do.
1: <laughs> that's exactly correct. And that's why hands-free interaction exists, but it's not an everyday thing.
0: But yeah, so um, Surface Pro
1: 4 looks great. Next generation, the same thing. Surface Book is the real interesting gem. The you know that that wobbly screen and them trying to make it still a tablet is interesting. I think it's a huge bummer that if you detach it, that thing is a battery essentially. So you kill your battery life. But I don't know how many people will actually use this as a tablet because I think and, it's just a tablet to be a tablet.
0: Where, I had heard I had heard somewhere that you also lose like it has like an integrated graphics card in that's the, right in the in the the tablet part of it and then that's like right. uh. An external graphics card or discrete graphics in in the base so you lose yeah. some of the graphics capability and like you said the battery it's like it's 35 or 40 percent of the battery is in the screen and then the rest of it all lives in that base right so that's exactly right
1: yeah. yeah the higher-end models offer a, a standalone um, nvidia you know, card so but you know we we're talking forgive the sentiment Apple prices when you get into that range, though, because as the Surface Book base model is fifteen hundred, I think you can spec it up to like three k. So that's and that's a fully spec out, you know, um, uh, MacBook Pro, which the Mac fully spec out MacBook Pro is a known entity, right? It's a known quantity. Right.
0: But you don't get a touch screen. Oh, why well, did you
1: need? Did you that really doesn't come with a touch screen?
0: The MacBook Pro doesn't come with touch screen. No. Oh,
1: so does El Capitan not support? Sorry, you can tell how naive I am. El Capitan <laughs> no.
0: or whatever the new OS they doesn't just... support touch uh there's i don't apple doesn't make a computer with a touch screen oh okay interesting i mean Uh, not that you need to i find myself you can get some third-party things like the the wacom cintiq yeah yep art artist table you can use and it is a touch input but it's using wacom's whatever their proprietary you know capacitive touch over top of an lcd display oh that's interesting and cumbersome Uh, it's
1: they're 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 clunky okay yeah i wouldn't go that route i mean it's not like you're missing out on anything. I don't know if you've used a a touchscreen laptop, but I find myself using it frequently for scrolling and that's the primary thing. So, when I read documents or go through web pages, I use it a lot for scrolling. It's actually a useful thing. Um other than that, it you know, trackpad is still better, so. Yeah. But yeah, um other than new things that came out, if you don't mind, the I the thing that's near and dear to my heart here's the Microsoft Band and I I could tell I can tell you why, and it's because my research is all about using different physiological measures, which the Microsoft band and other wearables give you. So um, in my research specifically, I'm really interested in watching your heart rate change as I give you varying difficulty tasks to see if the difficulty scales with how hard you're trying as I use your heart rate, um, skin conductance, and even other measures like pupilometry or blink rate to see how hard you're trying. So the Microsoft band is unique in in a few ways. And one of them is that it does electrodermal activity, which is skin conductance, which is a fancy way of saying, let's see how sweaty you are. And the sweaty you are, assuming all other things are controlled, it's the how is sort of a pseudo measure of how hard you're trying
0: so because um, your heart rate can be elevated, but you can not be sweating or you could be sweating and your heart rate not be elevated right exactly
1: yeah, I mean they're they're not they're not mutually exclusive states, right so you can have both conflict with each other and you get some of these conflating issues the, the example I like to give um so I'll talk nerdy with you for a second um the example <laughs> I love to give about why I like skin conductance and not heart rate is that. Your skin um, is the only, you know, the, the your whole skin as as an organ is the only organ in the body that is only innervated, solely innervated by the parasympathetic nervous system, right? So that's your fight or flight response, where your heart is innervated by both the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. And so you could get these mixed messages like, hmm, I'm trying really hard. And your skin starts to get a little sweaty and your heart rate goes up a little bit. But then at the same time, you could be sitting there and you could think, Mmm, that burger looks delicious. And your heart rate would be elevated and you wouldn't know whether I was trying hard or not where your skin wouldn't. So it's fight
0: because or flight versus rest digest. You've never had the sweats from looking at food?
1: Man, I know I have, that's what, I, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And I'm telling you, it's gonna be a false positive when, you go, when I go to tell you that I'm trying real hard. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm just thinking about that thick burger. <laughs>
0: anyway i, I, I so. hope that that gives me the sweats for a different reason
1: <laughs> you're preemptively sweating your workout, workout. god this is going to be at least I, I reg- calories. i regret
0: this already <laughs> yeah. just looking at the menu i regret this decision oh man
1: but yeah so the, the microsoft van 2 is really cool because it includes those types of sensors other things haven't included that yet additionally it has a gps that's a standalone device so you don't have to couple it to your phone i don't know where the huge advantage to that is i don't think people mind running with their phones but um you know there's some people who have you know Said they, yeah. Well, if you have a, if you have a mini tablet in your pocket, like any six plus user or whatever. Oh, okay. So Ian is a, yes, you definitely are. Uh, that's right. And it's, you have the success, correct? plus. S plus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. fantastic. So, I actually don't she,
0: mind running with it. It doesn't bother me, but okay. but CJ running with her, her six plus, uh, mm-hmm. she, she would prefer to leave it at home. Okay. And, and I I do notice like when I run with mine, she runs without hers. Sure. The, the difference in how far it'll track our run. Like we did a, we did a five K and I had my phone and she left hers in the car. And mine said we did 3.11 miles. Like I would expect or 3.12 when I yeah. shut the workout off and hers was like 3.07. Now we're talking pretty minor differences. You're talking a couple hundred feet. I could have just taken a corner wider a couple of times. Yeah. And, and technically fudged that, um, but I assume you didn't. <laughs> all right, well, we ran right, right next to each other yeah. the whole time. So I yeah, don't so think that was a, So, so I, I understand why having the, the GPS built in, I guess works. Although I'm curious as to how that works without some type of, you would think that would be bulky. Maybe not. Maybe I don't know anything about GPS anymore. I think of oh, GPS no, I mean, and I think of like the thing in the car, but I suppose that's all screen and battery.
1: Yeah, I would assume so. No, the GPS worked, seemed to work really well when I tested it out. So I wore Microsoft band, the first iteration of it over the summer. I also wore a pebble. Um, I, both of them were fine. I don't wear either today. I'm just not a person who likes to wear things. So, I suspect I would like the the Apple Watch and the my friend who was using one because they came out and I had friends at Microsoft and they were wearing them immediately the day they came out, right? Because they were very excited about them. And the sentiment was, it's a fancy notification display. You know, at the time, I know that they've released Watch OS two, and there's some cool things that I'm really excited about using with heart rate extraction, so I can use it for measures. But um,
0: right, pulling pulling off of the uh. Being able to access the sen- sensor data from an app. Yeah.
1: That's right. And I, like, personally, I've got lots of gripes about it because they don't give you access to the raw data. They actually only you know, give you level access to the surface level aggregated five second, like, epoch data. So that's yep. slightly aggravated to someone like me who wants to do my own processing, but it- it's still cool that they're moving in the right direction of being able to, you know, hand the data out to the people who use it. Right. But anyway, so Microsoft Band 2. Looks cool. It's curved. I don't know. Apparently, it fits better. I haven't tried one. The first one wasn't comfortable, so I'll say that.
0: Oh, uh... yeah. I did, I don't know a lot about the first one, other than I didn't understand how they were separating themselves from everybody else. It seemed like they wanted to be
1: like like the Surface. They wanted to occupy some middle space,
0: but I, I, they were trying to appeal to the you have a you have a Fitbit, so we're giving you something that's like the Fitbit, but with a little more.
1: Right, right. With email and texting and all the you know it's calendar notifications, and that all worked well. Don't get me wrong. And you can use it with any. Um, mobile platform which is a nice plus right like i used it with my android and i used it with my windows phone and others were using it with their iphone so i don't know I, I they also didn't market it the main difference between the surface and the band to me because they seem so similar on a lot of you know, sort of core value fronts as being these like items of compromise in many ways um the thing that the thing that was different was that the band received zero marketing and the surface got lots of marketing so what maybe they're probably waiting for you know band two to come out I don't know. we'll see
0: i don't know. I. Yeah, I think it was one of those, much like many other wearables that have tried. I feel like tried to compete. It was like we're going to release this product. Oh crap, we're up against Apple and people who are already established. I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's tough. But you know, they're also talking the company that that uh, marketed Internet Explorer. I know. So, <laughs> oh, they <so> remember. Where, <laughs> that's why there's Edge. <laughs> where 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 you choose to put your marketing dollar is uh is always an interesting choice with some of these companies. Yeah, I completely agree. But I'm
1: happy that we can have the conversation because it's nice to actually have some some comparable devices. Because the Surface was sort of in a mucky space, and it still sort of is. But at least it's with the Surface with a you know the Surface Book, it's a cleaner compete with the MacBook Pro. The they're, band is a trying
0: company. to make its make its own area. Yeah,
1: at least there's there's an effort, and they didn't half-ass the manufacturing either. Like the quality of these things is beautiful. They're I mean, they're it's like a MacBook, and, and I don't that's a compliment, right? Like
0: because MacBooks are the gold right. standard. You're not saying it's like a MacBook, like hp makes like a macbook that just looks like a macbook you're saying it's like a macbook <laughs> as in like we took time to make sure we made a quality product exactly there's some thoughtful human factors research that had gone into this the
1: ergonomics are nice yeah
0: I'm... i still don't understand that hinge I, oh I feel like i feel like it was like we ha- we have all of this this great research and great development and oh crap this is due tomorrow just yeah just throw the springy hinge on it it's fine, guys.
1: I I can't I don't know if it's a differentiator or like I think, intentional. I think, it,
0: I think it's to make it because it can flip all the way upside down. Right. You have to make it functional to do that while still maintaining all these weird connectors and stuff. And so they needed that. Yeah. That smart hinge or whatever they're they're marketing it as. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: H- but HP has the same thing. and I just never liked the look of that either. But at least this one looks cleaner. I'm still not in love with the gap that it produces at the back of the. Yeah,
0: well. But anyway. but you do you do reduce the uh that fingerprint transfer. Whatever they call that from the keyboard to the know, screen, so so now your touch screen will have less fingerprints on it. Because... Yeah. Oh boy. Man, we really screwed ourselves here, didn't we? Wait, is it touch screen? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we okay on time? Do you need to go? We no, We can. No,
1: let's let's talk about this this parenting t- and technology because I I am a dad and I like that fact.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, a topic that I brought up, I don't remember how many episodes ago before previously with uh with Chris and Glenn was about technology and kids and at what age is it acceptable to let kids use technology and and obviously for me I'm not a parent yet. I wanted to get your take since you are a parent and you mm-hmm. are of of the technological generation uh for lack of a better word. Sure. Uh you're you're my age so we're both very much into tech. You have a very techy job. Mm-hmm. You You've played with all these these toys. Um, what technology are you letting Aubrey and your daughter have access to? Yeah. So
1: Aubrey is two and a half, and she has had access to technology for a long time. The first of all first of all, I can I can say that if you were to consult the experts, they would tell you that zero screen time before the age of two is good, as it can harm my development. So that's that's a thing. Um, and then up after that point, two to whatever. Probably till 18. I don't know. Um, One hour a day. Yeah, exactly. And that's literally the recommendation is like one hour or less a day. And I've seen some higher ones of two hours or less a day. And then... Tell your 16-year-old that. I I know. Yeah, good luck with that, right? Tell 16-year-old Ian that or (laughs) 16-year-old... Tell 12-year-old Ian and Chase that. We've been like, (laughs) good one, mom. See you later.
0: All right. When do you go to bed? (laughs) I'm going to come back downstairs and play some more. That's exactly right. I'd be like,
1: what time do you think you're going to bed, mom? I might be tying up the phone line for a while. (laughs) (laughs) no phone calls um
0: chase's mom's working i'm gonna go to chase's house then okay bye (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's sweet 56k um so
1: yeah we we've let her use a few different things actually and she didn't really have access to anything up until let's see she was just a little under two Is when we really gave her like the first attempt to use something on her own we'd shown her things on our phones respectively in in um I don't know what, to, what I want to call this, cheap parenting scenarios. So you're in the restaurant and Aubrey's fussy, and we would let her play a little, like I have the thing that she calls baby game, which um, baby game is where you can just draw colors on the screen, they change and make sense. So I'd hand her, hand that to her, and that would keep her content for five minutes. So it would like buy you a window to get your food boxed up, right? Um, and then at Christmas, she received Elite Pad 3 from her grandfather. Thanks, Grandpa Dave. And um, she really likes that. And it actually impressed me how much she could figure out. Um, we also now since then have, she's figured out how to use Sarah's first generation Kindle fire. And that has a few like kids games on it, like the shape game that does letters. And so the things that we do let her play, they, we try to make them to be educational or whatever. Right. Like not just trash. I like, I removed, sorry, Google, I removed the YouTube kids app because the stuff that she ends up watching on that is just trash. But, um, We let her watch like there's a PBS app and that you can watch like I'm not going to go down the list of kids shows, but lots of decent kids shows, right? Arthur, Arthur, yeah, Arthur's actually still still on there. Yeah, he's definitely still on there. Yeah, she really likes Super Readers, so if you want to ever want to get a song stuck in your head, you can listen to the Super Readers. All right, um, nope. (laughs) uh, But no, she watching kids use technology is amazing, and we try to we try to limit it in the sense that we don't give her the devices all the time, but even when she has them, she's not glued to them all day. So. We're just crossing each bridge as we get there. As of right now, we strongly encourage, like, if she wants to read a book, it's always a yes. If she wants to color, it's always a yes. And we're fortunate to do that because my wife, Sarah, stays home with her. So we can do that. We're very fortunate. Um, But there are times, you know, if if we've been watching, you know, like, we watch a show on TV. She's watching Dancing with the Stars, and Aubrey is playing on her little tablet for an hour. You know, it'll, like, we'll pick it up and set it aside and then go do something else. So there's no hard and fast rule in our house. and I know that she's used it way more than she should in a lot of scenarios and there's days where she doesn't want to use it even if I want her to. So yeah. What about TV? Yeah. TV is a different, so we're super Disney fanatics. And so she has watched every Disney movie multiple times and she has her favorites like Cinderella, Tangled Incredibles. We watch them early and often. Right. Um, There's no limit to that. And actually it ends up staying on in the background probably more than it should be. But once again, it becomes like a passive thing. So it's on in the background, but she's not really watching. Like we're, we're engaging and playing. And so sometimes like Sarah and I have discussed this, like we have, and um, feel free to zone out if you're not a parent and don't care about this stuff. But um, (laughs) we've discussed this, like, it's important to have her follow through because the thing I fear more than any of the, like, the addicting elements, because I was clearly addicted to video games in many senses. Like I drew, I all but dropped out of a semester of college due to playing world of Warcraft in high end competitive arena. So, um, he's given me the shake of approval because he, he appreciates my dedication to the craft and that's it. Um, that's but no, I mean. uh, you know what that's like, right? And so I'm not afraid of her enjoying things like that and playing games because it's probably going to happen in some way. Um, but as far as, like, the movies and stuff go in the follow-through, if she's going to start something, we we encourage her to finish it or we don't give her the new thing, right? It's the same thing with dinner, right? Like, a kid wants—ask for mac and cheese, and you make her mac and cheese, and then she wants hot dogs. It's like, sorry, you asked for mac and cheese, so you can eat this or nothing.
0: She wanted the hot dogs in the mac and cheese. You
1: know what? If she had specified that to start with, I'd consider it, but— it's... <laughs> No, no. But you know what I mean? Like you get this thing like where I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. And you have not chastising parents who do this because everybody, it's unique to
0: everyone. But for us, we don't feel that's appropriate. You can't build a stockpile of dinners they didn't eat only to have them decide that "Ah, I just don't want dinner. Exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what happens. Give me a lunchable.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In our house, it's applesauce packets. So like, well, you made all that stuff. I'll have a packet. (laughs) But no, um, it's it's about moderation and follow through. Those are sort of the things that we try to key on. But no, it's it, as far as tech goes, it's all touch stuff. Like she really likes touch stuff. And I was, you know, with the Leap Pad, I was super impressed. She figured out how to turn it on, take pictures, and there's one super creepy photo that she took because you can use these templates of animals and like screen. So if you imagine looking through, you know, a picture of a dog and you cut out the eyes of the dog, and then you can hold that template, sort of like the Snapchat stuff. You can hold so that template it's up.
0: So your face. your eyes. Face.
1: Oh, so we' have this picture that Aubrey took on her own and and she set it as her background because you can customize your background image on the late Pad. and so whenever she would turn it on, you would see Doggery and so Doggery was a thing for many months That's, anyway it, it's amazing how much they can figure out right by it's just brute forcing it
0: yeah you bang on it enough times eventually it uh- efe- yeah. eventually something happens
1: you figure out what makes Minnie happy and what makes Minnie sad so make, uh, like makes her go away
0: I've fixed many a computer. <laughs> <laughs> with that same mentality. I don't know how to do this, but if I hit it enough times, something might happen.
1: Oh, what do you know? It fell apart. Amazon.com. <laughs> Newegg.com.
0: Found the solution. There it is. No, it's always yeah. like unplug, replug, unplug, replug, hit a bunch of buttons, Like turn off the Wi-Fi, turn on the Wi-Fi, switch the thing, switch it all back around, reset the defaults. Oh, look, it's working now. I you lost know. all my settings, but there it is. It's like my um my snooty elitist... Linux
1: friends would tell you, you don't need to reset this machine. Linux isn't Windows. And I'm like, really? Let's try to reset it. Reset? Go figure, it works now. Weird.
0: <laughs> I guess you're not above resets. <laughs> For what it's worth, the uh, the site that runs the Magnificent, or the, the server that runs Magnificent's website mm-hmm. is a Linux machine. And I will tell you, I've restarted that machine about once a month. So if you're ever listening, or and the the show's not loading, or you go to the show notes and they're not loading, just send me a message on Twitter and be like, "Hey, site's down. Epson's is not playing. It's it's probably that Linux, much like all other OS's, needs a little kick. I mean, Mac Mac is getting that way too. I restart my computer once a week. Granted, there's a software update once a week, so
1: yeah, exactly. Well, that that's a good thing though, right? Like in the right. world of security updates,
0: I guess. Um, your phones so the same anyway, so yeah, exactly. Um so other things like technology related with with Aubrey, so at two and a half she's she's has some screen time you're you're trying to moderate it that's right what happens i and it's hard to say because obviously this is all speculative what happens in the next few years but as as she gets older and wants more of this screen time how do you how do you uh navigate that river if you will?
1: Ian, that's a fantastic question, and I'm going to refer it over to Future Chase because Future Chase loves to deal with the problems of tomorrow. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, we'll cr- literally, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, As far as now, uh, our our effort has been the moderation and, like, over and, ex- not, and overexposure and, you know, wide exposure to other things. So um, as long as we don't, like, stop reading to her or stop doing the crafty stuff or whatever, like, the the actual tangible things, I don't have really... That's not a fear of mine. I I think I'd be more afraid if it became we didn't ever do anything else with her and then she loses interest in it when we try to bring it back. That sounds like a more scary path because right. it's probably harder to bring back than it is to maintain.
0: Sure. So things like, oh, we're going to go outside and we're going to play catch or we're going to go uh, color. We're going to go... Well, I guess well, I don't know what you do with kids. We're going to play the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a parent. I don't know this stuff No, no, works. it's cool. Yeah, uh, no. We're going to... We're gonna go feed go the outside. dogs again. That's right. yeah. <laughs> feed the geese dogs. or whatever.
1: Yeah, so like. Aubrey did love feeding the ducks, you know, in the on the lake. Um, yeah, so all those things. Go out and play. You can go pick. We pick apples from the apple trees. A big deal. We had a grapevine, so picking grapes. Just anything with the produce and the stuff outside was really fun. We bring yeah. out like frisbees and discs and throw those. Anything that gets her outside and involved, she's happy to do. She's like super happy to go outside. So it's not yeah. easy. Or it's not difficult to engage her. Every time I go down to do laundry. She her trademark phrase is now today is I want to come too like so she has to come do laundry and she, wants, she
0: yeah. wants to be part I guess that's good she's she's that's, trying to be yeah, part of the family
1: kids. yeah it's kids in general right like they want to be involved so um yeah and I try to do that in even when I'm like playing a video game like so I've been the only video game I play currently is Rocket League which is fantastic and Aubrey now knows it as like the car racing game so I'll let her sit and like dork around with it and try it out so yeah there's I mean there's plenty of good stuff she does have her favorites but. Pretty much uh pretty much limited to the or currently puzzle games, like placing letters into puzzles and then doing anything that's counting in alphabet. So
0: So trying to teach the basic skills. Yeah.
1: She's got it down to twelve solid and then she gets a little weird in the teens and then hits twenty and she's off to the races again. And then (laughs) Then it gets really easy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and the alphabet is currently if she sees letters, any any combination of letters she'll go, Ooh, C (laughs) D L G why, she, so we, know, why does she know those i don't know it's cdlg though but, it's, it's
0: not like she's like asdf yeah like, that exactly. would make perfect sense like it's not like or, yeah, or, not or was- qwerty
1: <laughs> yeah she's like oh qwerty yeah exactly <laughs> qwerty yeah sorry that was a horrific impersonation of my daughter um but, but that's right yeah. <laughs> 10 years from now she'll listen to this and be like wow dad dad i hope not yeah <laughs> <sighs> you know, all the many challenges and you know video games and tech i don't know i think yeah, moderation. That's we're trying it. We'll see how it turns out. You, you you'll be able to stay updated, and that way, when you uh, when you go down this
0: path, you will be like, not doing what they did. <laughs> Look how she turned out. Yes, yeah, she just she just watches Netflix and picks apples all day.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a strangely post-apocalyptic <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah, is this real life or is this a Ray Bradbury novel? That's what it feels. like Okay.
0: No. no, this is the uh, the world of. <laughs> I, we'll keep it with the disney movies Wally, when when everybody, yeah, exactly. when everybody yeah. rides around in their little their little hover carts and yeah. the people movers <laughs> watching <laughs> netflix and it becomes the world yeah, let's oh, not man. get there please no go outside throw a frisbee you can take your podcast with you if you want <laughs> just put a headphone in
1: that's all you need to do although there's something to be said for having a like i i intentionally now don't I do not listen to podcasts when I walk from my vehicle in the parking lot to my building because I use that as sort of like my quiet time to let my mind unwind and figure out what I'm going to work on today because I found filling every potential moment with podcasts while very informative and entertaining because I listen to both. <laughs> um, it also didn't give me any time to sort of just think about me or think about you know what I'm going to do when I
0: get home and that type of right. stuff. I, uh, I have the issue of I listen to podcasts in the car. And then I listen at my desk and so like I usually just plug my headphones in when I get out of the car. Oh yeah. And, and so then it just like, I, whatever I was doing in the car, I just carry over into my walk into to work. But I do, I do find time at work where I'm like, you know, get to the end of an episode and everything just goes silent and I keep the headphones in anyway, because yep. nobody bugs you. I forget that I can cause I forgot I can take them out mostly <laughs> or for, I don't realize the sound has stopped cause I've stopped paying attention to the podcast. Right. So I do have some of those times.
1: That's good. You need you need that little me time to, to get it all cleared up, right.
0: Or or time to, uh, to throw on a record and just sit and listen to some music. That's me time. Have
1: a- I have these, as you can see, I have these monstrous headphones that I wear because they're semi-noise canceling and you know has the mic attached. Yet people don't know when I'm not listening to
0: something. So I'll, I'll throw them on there for I, privacy many times. All the time. Just yeah. like, I got headphones in. I got, there are times I have the headphones in and they're not even plugged in
1: yeah in the course of our interaction I have successfully deferred at least five people but at least we're talking yeah exactly so. <laughs> or maybe tomorrow I'm just talking to myself who knows
0: could be every day you're just sitting there yeah I'm having a conversation don't mind <laughs> me Mike <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs> no um, so I, I usually do this section something of the week it's tell me about something awesome that you have for the week yeah Sure. Yeah, go for it tell sure. me about it.
1: So- Alright, so I, there's a, um, a nice new little Kickstarter up called Hudways, and I believe it's called Hudways Glass, and it's currently on Kickstarter, and it's a little, it's a little piece of plastic that you set your phone on, and it will amplify your screen resolution while running a, a, what I assume to be a Hudways-specific Hudways specific app, which strips out all the other information and becomes an, uh, a heads-up display for your car. That way you can put your phone on and off it. Um, it also has, I, it doesn't say this anywhere, but to me, interaction-wise, it has the distinct advantage of removing your phone from your hand while you're driving, which I think is really nice. Um, but it's a, just a mobile, cheap way to do a heads-up display, and the minimalistic design, there's a nice word, um, the, it's pretty low weight, or it's it's pretty lightweight, very little to it, which you need to be able to see through, and um, I think it's like 50 bucks or something. The Kickstarter's currently up, so that's the thing we talked about today. So lots of fun interaction potential um, using voice alone but it also gets your hand off the screen while you're driving, which is nice.
0: Sure. So with things like Siri and Cortana and yeah, exactly Google's, whatever they call their thing. It's Google Now. Google. Yeah. yeah, Google Now. That yeah. you can invoke things. I feel like I saw something very similar to this maybe six months ago on a Kickstarter. Yeah, I've seen something similar as well. But I don't think, I think they were just creating the app experience, not the actual mm-hmm. hardware piece that went with it. Or maybe it wasn't part of your phone, maybe it was a standalone thing. That added oh, okay. uh that added a heads up display. But yeah, this that is could be. this is very cool. hmm Yeah, I agree. So uh my That's my cool take of the week. Good. Okay. My uh my something of the week, I'm I'm actually gonna do the uh the keyboard that I just got from Amazon. It is the Anchor Ultra Slim Compact uh Bluetooth keyboard. Uh, I got the variety that supports Mac and iOS devices, and it does also have the option to turn on Windows or Android. But the big thing for me is getting a Bluetooth keyboard that was fairly compact, uh, fairly inexpensive, and it had the the proper key layout for the Control, uh, Option, and Command, or Control Alt Command, mm-hmm. because the Windows keyboards put the buttons in the wrong place. <laughs> so I've heard, so, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, Let me tell you, Command
1: was a catastrophe the the year I used a MacBook.
0: <laughs> it's you, you, you all these all these muscle memory brain things that, like, we talked about the... Uh, Seriously. The things you figure... And, and things, like, for me, switching at work, going back and forth between Windows uh, server environments and mm. uh, my Mac environment, and even things like remembering the keyboard shortcuts do actually change when you're on a remote server that yep. it is actually Control-C, not Command-C for copy. Right. Um, so things like that. But uh, I picked that up on Amazon. It was uh twenty four ninety nine and charges over micro USB. It's fantastic. I really like it. Um, and it's... I mean, early tests indicate it's a success.
1: Nice. So it's a good deal.
0: I will. I will go with that, and it's a hell of a lot better of a deal than the $100 uh, Apple keyboard. Not that I don't think it's probably a great keyboard, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of money. at at 25% of the price, you can't <laughs> hardly go wrong, even if I have to buy two or
1: three. <laughs> got to save all that extra money so you can get a new watch band, man.
0: Get a new watch band, or get the, get the trackpad that's $130. Exactly right. You need that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh with that mr chase Musel, i appreciate you uh joining me this week and for anyone looking for the show notes for any of the things we talked about if i can find links for all the things we talked about it seems like there was there was a lot uh you can find them at magnificentpodcast.com slash 23 uh you can tweet your questions to me uh or the other magnificent gentleman at magnificent fm or use the hashtag AskMagnificent, not that anybody ever does uh and if you feel so inclined you can leave us uh leave a rating or review in iTunes uh it helps people find the show uh that whole you know iTunes discovery thing and uh it also tells us you care which probably means a lot more um <laughs> uh, chase if people will care to find you on the internet if you should care to be found on the internet sure uh, where would they like lo- where would they look to find you
1: uh, so i i tweet very seldomly, but I'm, I've attempted to pick it up um, more recently to put little tidbits of knowledge and cool tech of the week out. Uh, that's at CRMusel, M-E-U-S-E-L. Or if you wanted to look at anything research-wise that we talked about, so we talked about some presence and immersion and VR and sickness and biofeedback and different physiological measurements, all that stuff, uh, I have a lot of my research projects are on my website, chasemusel.com. So you can go there and see my portfolio and see some of the different stuff I've worked on. And if you want to ask any researchy questions or talk about um, UX in general, you feel free to uh, tweet or you can email me as well, which is also chasemusel at gmail.com.
0: There you go. All the ways you can find the Chase. There it is. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Ian Fuchs as usual. And Chase, I hope you will be back again because this was this was quite fun. Uh, even if it, even if it did run a little long. <laughs> so, I, uh,
1: you know, fun things can be
0: long. That's fine, Ian. <laughs> true. So, uh, with that, we will, uh, catch all you guys next week. could you have one of those really loud keyboards? <laughs> what? So you have be able to, like, did Chase check out?
1: Yep.